Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Matt and Adam to talk about Death Wish, a 1974 American film loosely based on the 1972 novel. Uh, it's directed by Michael Winner, and it stars Charles Bronson. Uh, I don't know if people need an introduction to it, but it, basically he's an architect who becomes a vigilante after his wife is murdered and his daughter is raped by a gang of thugs who include a very young Jeff Goldblum. Um, you know, it's a, uh, classic seventies film. Uh, I think people might be more familiar with its reputation than the movie itself. So I think it's a, a, a movie that's worth talking about. Um, I know before we start, I know Adam, this was your first time watching it. So I'd really yeah. like to get what, if, if you were surprised by anything or if this was like, no, this is exactly what I expected death wish to be like, how, what was your reaction in that respect? Boy, uh, in that respect, I yeah, it, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to what I was expecting, because I mean, I uh, based on things people have told me, and obviously there's all the hype that, oh, this is, you know, a terrible movie that promotes vigilantism. I've heard all of that, but I have heard from a lot of people that it's a little more nuanced than that. Mm. And I would agree. I would uh, I would say I. I, you know, if we're if we're talking about this kind of genre of the time, I, I'd say I wouldn't put it on par with Dirty Harry, but it, it's mm. still a very good movie. There were some things I, I had some reservations about it. Mm. it. It's a difficult movie because it's very hard to discuss without discussing the what's around it or yeah. the baggage that, that Charles Bronson brings to it yeah. <laughs> by, by being, a, you know, a, a kind of action movie type star. Mm. Before that, it's uh, in, in isolation. If you just take the movie with what's on the screen and just forget everything else, which is what I was trying to do, it's it is a very good movie. It's it's very interesting, and I think, I mean, I, I think it really promotes discussion. So whether you whether you agree with the vigilantism or not, I think I think it's an interesting movie to watch. I I don't, I don't think that it's. I, I don't I think I think it's ridiculous to say it's just a flat out glorification of it. I mean, it does. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a very well, complicated. I, that's movie. no, that's that's probably the best topic to actually start on. I mean, we can get into the meat uh -huh. of the movie, but I think that because I think you're hitting on a lot of points that I think are important here. I think, number one, I think you're right. It's it's, it's a lot more nuanced than people might assume because they might be thinking oh death wish two or death Wish three or yeah. these future movies where the nuance is just completely tossed out the window this movie <laughs> at least sort of shows the progression of the man to where he he he, he ends up it's not it's it, it's it's certainly not in my opinion and and i don't know matt you might have a different view than me so let me know if you disagree i feel it's it's certainly not anti-vigilante like there is definitely no. pro-vigilante sentiment in the movie and i should be clear yes. i'm not pro-vigilante but just like i'm not i'm also not pro i'm also not pro murder and mayhem but i like movies that feature those things because there's a catharsis to them and i think yeah. with vigilante movies the reason i find dirty harry appealing for example number one that's also that's a much more nuanced movie than this. But, exactly. But, I, that's why but, I brought up. I, I prefer yeah. that as far as this genre yeah, goes. But but the reason I like it is make the same reason I would watch, say, 24, which is like I'm not I'm not pro anything that 24 stands for politically. But yeah. there's a catharsis sure. in like if you live in a world where 
you know, crime is a concern, especially anybody who's lived yeah. in a high crime area. Um, yeah, which I have. I, it, it's <laughs> cathartic to, to sort of see that, see the <laughs> fantasy of what everybody sort of p passes through their minds when they're a victim or when they hear about crime that makes them afraid um, yeah. in sort of a safe environment. I, in fact, it's interesting. That's the reason the guy wrote the novel in the first place was he was the victim. Uh, it wasn't anything like in the movie. It was more like he had his wife. I think her purse was snatched and his car was broken into. And he had this fleeting thought of, you know, boy, I would like to really kill the person. And his, and, and then as a writer, he was yeah. like, wait a second, what would happen if that, if, if that fleeting thought was permanent and it never went away, what would that do to me? And so that's, yeah. that's where he got the idea for the uh, book. And the book is more of a descent into hell than the movie. The, um, mm -hmm. in the movie, he kind of almost becomes like a yes, it, outlaw hero, but in the, in the book, it's more dark. Um, I yeah, I I haven't read the book, but I did look at the Wikipedia entry, and I think I think one glaring difference between the book and the movie, and this is kind of a, a mild fault I will bring up with the movie, or I don't know, mild, but a fault with the movie I'll bring up is that apparently in the book he does things like you know rent a car and and like leave it out there bro as if, as if it's broken down for people to yeah. try and rob the car and he shoots them and stuff and it's like it's like whoa it's like shooting people for breaking into a car is on a whole other level than breaking people or than shooting people because they're you know yeah. coming after you and attacking you it's like yeah i, I feel like they, they really made him more sympathetic by never creating a situation where he was shooting people that weren't in the process of, of being, you know, potentially or yeah. actively harming well, people, in, which in is the book, a big difference. In the book, his PTSD, and I wouldn't have used that term, but the PTSD is yeah. way more visible. And he's he's so rattled and shaken that he it's 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 like he's put like there's a whole thing where he's like locking all he's putting locks on his doors. He's like getting really paranoid. And so I think yeah. what the book does well is number one, they they emphasize the paranoia where he's shooting people who aren't even necessarily a threat to him. You know, it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's not always clear what's going on, but also that he's um uh he's he he's uh lashing out to sort of regain control of what happened to him. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. Uh, whereas I think the movie is not doing that. I, I don't think that that's necessarily bad. I think it's just a difference where the movie has, um, you know, again, it's more of a it's more a full indulgence of the fantasy of yeah. the vigil the vigilante hero. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, which again, I think I think that's fine. I don't I don't have an issue with that. I don't think that it's. Um, I, I I I again for me the way that I you know, deal with movies is that is it's a movie. So I can, I can watch yeah, the movie and turn my brain off when I'm there. Um, yeah, but I, I don't yeah. think, I think this idea that, that there's two different the, the, the fantasies exist. They should be kind of explored in the movies. I don't think it does. I don't think it, it's good for society to go. Let's pretend nobody has these thoughts. <laughs> I feel <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I feel, well, I feel like it, it, it's better to have these movies and have a, an actual honest conversation rather than no one should have ever made this movie. It's like, yeah, it's fine. They made this movie. You can disagree. I I disagree with what he's doing in the movie, but I don't think that invalidates the existence of the movie. That's yeah. And and, and by the by the next sequence of films in this, it does become almost self parody, which is its own. Uh -huh. I I still I like I like the sequels, but I mean that really what the movie becomes is kind of a Reagan era old man who feels 
put upon by the younger generation, sort of uh-huh. showing the kids what an old man can do. It's it's so it's it's kind of, that's why I always call it like a Matlock type thing because it's like the shows that your grandparents used to watch because they were a little resentful towards the younger yeah. generation who didn't appreciate their contributions through World War II and things like that. And like you lit like part three is literally that. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally a World War II machine gun in part three that an old man takes yeah. out of a cabinet, you know? Well, the age, the age I was getting old enough to watch these was the mid 80s. And it's like and so I think I did see parts of the later Death Wish mm. movies at the time. And yeah, and they're they're old man movies to me, I think was kind yeah. of my regard. They're they're angry old man movies. So I never saw, you know, the original being more nuanced. I never I never looked back that far because it's yeah. just it's kind of the same thing with the the Dirty Harry movies. I Until we reviewed it, I, I don't think I'd watched the first mm. Dirty Harry movie. And I was really surprised at how fascinating and well done that movie was because I, I mean i actually kind of li- i like the dirty harry sequels in their own yeah. way but they're uh they're, they're much more conventional movies. yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's similar here you have to take the sequels at a different you have to just view them differently than the original movie the original movie like this movie has very little actual violence compared to the there's mm. violence in it but there's a lot less than in the later movie it's quick it's not it's not like you're it's it's yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's not it's not your uh, action sequence types movies. It's people getting shot is the for the most part the uh, the action. And there's and there's more stuff yeah. like him getting sick after his first act of violence. You know, yes, there's, there's things like that. So it's oh, uh, I what I I, I really one thing I, I really liked was when he but not when he shoots people, but the first time when he when he you know I forget he punched the guy or something and the guy runs away. Yeah, it was he had a sock with back, quarters, quarters and, in it. And he kind of, he has this kind of, you know, he's trembling. He has a drink, and he takes out his like little, little uh, thing that is his weighted coin thing, and uh, I'm blanking on the term for it. But it, it just like breaks some of his furniture, and I mean, it's, it's not heroic. It's this yeah. thing that's really showing this guy is out of control. It's, yeah. it's. I, I wrote that that that's one of those scenes that really makes the movie yeah. more than just a pro vigilante dream sequence well, to me. If, I also think if you the, he kind of has this detachment from reality that's really apparent by the end where he's like, you know, should I be out of town by sunset inspector? Yeah. You know, like he's clearly just. And so by the, so that last scene where he's in the uh, where he's in Chicago and he kind of points his finger and shoots, it's it's yeah. whimsical, but it's also like dark. Another reading of that is that he's just so, so far gone. Uh, yeah, Matt, I, I think it was like say something. <laughs> the whole fill your hand thing he does, you know, oh, fill your hand. He's 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 you know, this is a it's high noon. I'm doing a shootout <laughs> with you, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's like okay, and yeah. Then he passes he's, out. He can't even do it. He's not even competent enough to do it, right? So yeah, yeah. So it's it's not it's not entirely a power fantasy. That's definitely the case. <laughs> so Matt, were you trying to say something? No. The co- oh, oh. <laughs> I thought, I thought <laughs> I think he's, it's like he's developing. He develops. He develops a compulsion to kill. Yeah, yeah. He he can't stop. I mean, even when he knows the cops are out there, that it's like, yeah. even if you were like a vigilante, you would think, okay, I'm going to cool it for a week. And it's like, yeah. nah, he 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 can't cool it for a week. He's kind of got that serial killer vibe yeah. where it's He's like, I've got to go out and kill it. again. I need no, my he, fix. He, but but in the later movies, like if you, even though he's presented as a hero he's clearly a serial killer at that point by like any definition yeah. of the term um yeah. 
you know, and, and it's like a hobby for yeah. him. You know what I mean? It gets triggered by things. Like he can stop for a while, but then it gets triggered by, and 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 they're usually pretty understandable triggers. Like you know, because they start, they basically repeat the first movie, in 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 different ways, uh-huh. <laughs> for each film. You know, like they're, they're yeah. not identical to that, but they're all pretty similar to that sort of situation. Um, so yeah, he be, he becomes a killer, and and I think also he just I don't know he he's. Uh, he, he it, it's 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 just not as um it's not as full-throated like like i said it's not an anti it's not like an anti-vigilante movie no but it's not a full-throated pro-vigilante movie the way some of the later movies are um yeah yeah no. it's uh no i i uh i, I really mean, definitely movies really what was that matt sorry matt go ahead matt they're responsible movies the the sequels at least after three they're pretty irresponsible socially but you know that yeah three it's, it's, the four and five they get re- like because it wasn't four i think he's dealing with drug dealers if i remember it might be five they're easy to get confused but <laughs> it, yeah it gets it gets it gets very muddy in those later they're still entertaining in their own way but they're they're not. They're not. They're, I would definitely agree. They're not responsible social yeah. commentary. If you're evaluating the um, the commentary of them, at least yeah. three. The thing that it has yeah. going for it is as as extravagant as the violence is, and as stupid as the movie is, and as much as I don't necessarily agree with the message, it does raise some valid points about the World War II generation and how they felt at that moment in history. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and also interestingly, the first and three that's movies. What, he was. what was that? And that's what he was, and that's who he was. He he, he was a he was a World War II veteran. Well, he was Korea. He was the tail gunner on a B twenty nine. No, Charles Bronson. Oh, Charles no, Bronson. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he definitely, Charles definitely, um, he definitely. Yeah, his games. actual. Uh, Go ahead, yeah. Matt. Yeah, he 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 was a tail gunner in World War Two because he was so um, so short. Hmm. That's How tall why is he? he was a tail gunner. How tall is uh, he? He went over. Tom Cruise height. He was under six feet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he wasn't very tall. Oh wow, that's interesting. Because yeah, he always he looks tall on, on screen. Yeah. I I always enjoy it because I'm five seven and a half. So for me, when an actor's <laughs> not six feet, I'm like, um, yeah. you know, especially one like him. Aspirational, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got to get it to Charles Bronson. I, I think it's worth <laughs> discussing because I mean it's interesting looking looking up into the into the background of the movie. You know, obviously the Charles Bronson already was such an established actor at this point. He'd done all the westerns. He was in the Dirty Dozen. He was, uh, you know, he was just in and Great Escape. He was in all. He was already this established action hero and. You know, and that was not what the character in the book was like yeah. at all. And you know, like for I, I know this for for example, like Jack Lemon at one point was cast to uh, to do this part, which would have been that fascinating. Been interesting. Actually, yeah. I would love. I, I I think Charles Bronson did a very good job with this role, but just the baggage he brings by being even he said it himself. I was not the right person mm. to, for this role, but. Like I said, I, I like his performance in this movie a lot, but it would have been—I would really love to see 
an alternate universe Jack Lemon version it's, of this. Movie. It's interesting because when I was reading the book, oh, yeah. I pictured a guy who looked more like Jack Lemon than uh-huh. Charles Bronson when I was reading it. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The other thing is too. I think the um, uh, the the part where it breaks, like I like Charles Bronson in this role, but where it really breaks down for me is number one, he's he's like he's built like somebody who works out all the time. And it just mm-hmm. it doesn't match the character that we're sort of presented with. Who's I mean I, I I mean granted he's a he's a veteran but he's an architect. I just I and we never see him going to the gym, but we see him on the beach and he's got like the body of a god, right? So it just it feels a little bit off. The other thing that feels off is he's a conscientious objector and he's supposed to be like a liberal. And when the guy says, "Oh, you're a bleeding heart liberal," and he says, "Yeah, my heart bleeds for the less fortunate," it just doesn't ring true. You know, it just—I don't buy him as a bleeding heart liberal. So the transformation yeah. doesn't really land as well. I still love him in the role, but I, I think those are all yeah. valid critiques of of the casting for sure. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, yeah, as you say, it's it's. You know, it, it him. Yeah, I think you say he's a veteran, but also he was a veteran who was in med, the medical <laughs> division or whatever. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't a soldier exactly. Well, the thing so, that actually connected me to this movie when I first yeah. saw it was um, my dad was a conscientious yeah. objector, so that's why oh, okay. I. So when I saw, it, I was like, oh, because I, you know, like, you know, something about oh, a vigilante who's a conscientious objector. That's interesting because I've had to. I've heard the conversations where you have to yeah. deal. There's a certain paradox of being a conscientious <laughs> objector because every once in a while an issue crops up where pacifism doesn't feel like the remedy for the problem. Yeah. And so yeah. it, it was interesting to me sort of exploring a vigilante movie where the main character is a conscientious objector like that. Well, um, interestingly, I saw I saw in the book, in the book he's uh, an accountant, and during the war in the book he was an accountant in the military. That was, that was what he did. But yeah, that was actually my grandfather during World War II was an accountant in the Royal mm-hmm. Australian Air Force. So it's a, <laughs> so I, I had a connection. I'm like, oh, that's what my grandfather did during, oh, what my grandfather did. <laughs> but, uh, count. That's funny. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of beans to count during a war. I guess somebody has to keep the books, right? They probably Hell still give yeah. you a gun and have you still. I, I would figure you're doing. Yeah, he both. went through basic. Yeah. He went through. It's like basic. my grandfather was a bugler, but I know he, he still had to see action too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I, uh, I I don't remember that aspect of the book, but the with the book, I you know. Like some of the things that were quite different were like that middle section in the in the movie. He goes to um, he goes they both go to Tucson, but he goes there and he has like a Wild West experience with uh-huh. like a literal theme park Wild West. And then that guy that he meets who's like really pro gun and everything. Um, and in the book, he has an affair, not an affair because his, his wife is dead, but he sleeps with some yeah. woman while he's there and he gets the gun at a gun store. He just goes to a gun store and buys it, if I remember um so you know it's a little bit different in that's the, the way that's that... another interesting thing as i as i mentioned they soften the character by having him only kill kind of violent criminals as opposed to mm. people breaking in cars i noticed that too that yeah it's like in the book he goes out and buys the gun and the gun in this case someone gives him the gun and that creates the temptation it's like yeah. they do a lot of things in this movie to make him uh, to soften him a bit yeah. you know it's uh it's 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 changed there yeah well and i think they were trying to lean into that wild west theme very heavily too which i think works for oh, the movie yeah. 
Um, I, I but... thought, yeah, I thought the Tucson part was great. That that actually did did. I, I thought that 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 was interesting. I mean, I like it too because it really shows him. You know, it, it go it leads to the fact he's working nonstop because he's just trying not to deal with this. It's like mm. that before he goes on the murder spree, his he's just this workaholic doing nothing but work because he yeah. can't think about anything else. So it's it is a it is it is a, a significant character beat. And that that's a part for me where the casting of Charles Bronson works. That that aspect of the yeah. character is just kind of like still going to work. You know, most people would be at home not working after their wife was brutally murdered like that. Gotta um, keep moving. <laughs> I also I like yeah. the way that they they introduce the tragedy because. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, that generation was that way. They internalized mm-hmm. things a lot, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, work was often considered a balm for for tragedy. It's true. Yeah. So you didn't, yeah, it de- it you didn't talk worked. about stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I think um, the the other thing I liked about this movie was that uh, the way that so for, you have the horrible attack on the and, and it's and it's pretty graphic, I would say, for this. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a disturbing it's, scene. And Jeff Goldblum is at the heart of it, which which now is kind of odd because we're so accustomed to jeff goldblum yeah. and other types of roles lovable um, goofball jeff goldblum yeah. <laughs> i will say this though he has almost no dialogue but he does tremendous acting with his eyes in the movie like you He's can you can bright. see the you can see the 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 acting skill even in the role like this where he's just playing yeah. a, a dumbass you know criminal who breaks in with, with very little real motivation and does horrible things to a person um uh, yeah, what's what's fantastic? And shows too, his butt cheeks. Did he? Yeah, he shows his butt cheeks too. Butt cheeks. Yeah. What's what what what's also fascinating about this movie? I like the fact that there is no showdown with those guys. It's like yeah. you know a more cliche generic Hollywood movie would have him find those people and kill them. And it's like never they never show up again in the movie. It's like they're just lost <laughs> in the city of New York. They disappear into the crowd and they're gone. It's. Yeah, he never he never actually gets vengeance specifically. He's just just out shooting shooting other criminals. Well, one of the interesting aspects of this movie is so little resources are devoted to his <laughs> wife and his daughter, but the yeah. whole department, like they, they have like this massive <laughs> inspector devoted to him, right? And so that's yes. that's you know, it's a it's a it's a very intriguing you know, it's certainly commentary, I think. Um yeah, but uh so it's you know I I but I I don't think I really noticed that until this viewing that I was like wait a second <laughs> they have a they have a head inspector who's got like a team of people and like, but you see him go to the other detective in the room yeah and it's yeah. like a worn down guy with like a button up shirt who's got like eight hundred cases because it's like case eight hundred and fourteen or something I forget what number he, he lists off but it's it was a it was yeah. you know the, um. But you get the sense that his case is the priority for the department. Yeah. So it's just an interesting contrast. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the yeah. uh, go ahead. It, it, it's in a, it, it, let me say one thing though here. Um, those guys also the the dynamic between him and the police is funny because he starts getting more results. assaults has dropped by half it was 900 something last week now it's 400 and something this week <laughs> yeah yeah that's, i mean that's it's, it's 
scary. It's scary. That's very scary. That it, what was it? It was. Um, he gets was, results. Yeah, he gets from result. eight hundred and something down to four hundred and something. I think with the statistics. It, yeah. yeah. It was, it was a dramatic. It was a dramatic decrease, and and also there were other people that were starting to do it. It was kind of oh. becoming like a cultural phenomenon in the city, yeah. um, and it was unclear to me exactly. Like the mayor, I think he wanted him gone because he didn't. He kind he kind of wanted the crime to go back up for some reason. Was that the? No, I think they just. I mean, you have to stop it. You can't keep um, having those stories. No, but it, about it, the. But at one uh, point, the, the, the there's a line of dialogue in there where the inspector says, "Wait, you want you want him to you want the crime you want him to go so the crime rate will go back up." I think and, I think that was just kind of a smart ass comment by okay, the cop. It's okay. like, hey, you want the crime?" You know, I, I think that was uh, okay because I was know. trying to think. I was like, well, "What's the?" Because I thought that was like, I didn't. I I thought that they I, I could be wrong. I mean, no, I'm no, you're probably right because because I was but, racking yeah, my you're brain. Right. Thinking like, wait, what was so? Why did they want the crime rate to go? What's the upside for them of the crime rate going up? And I was trying, like, I was trying saying, to like, drive people out of the city so we can build Delta City. Yeah, but, I, uh, I couldn't. I, it's I couldn't work my way through it. So I, th I think it must have just been a smart ass remark. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no RoboCop plot line going on that I could determine. Yeah, but. I was looking for something like that, like some some some. Uh -huh. But yeah, that's great. And I guess the other thing we, we did want to mention is there's a Christopher Guest appearance, which I didn't even notice until <laughs> you guys mentioned it to me. Uh, he yeah. plays um, he plays the cop who great. basically helps them throw away the the evidence against against um, uh, Jack Kersey so that they, uh, you know, they, they don't have to arrest him. Um, or sorry, not Jack yeah. Kersey, Paul Kersey, Paul Kersey. Paul. Oh, yeah. Did you want to, Matt? Were you trying to say something, or was that a click on my end? No, it was just yeah. His name was Paul. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got, I got that wrong. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't know any anything else to cover in this movie. Um. Let's see. Anything well, else I can dredge up? Michael oh, Winter. Matt's got some. Go ahead. Yeah. Michael Winter was, in my opinion, one of the best genre directors during the late 60s, all the way through the whole 70s. And uh, I think even Bronson did at least seven movies together. So hmm. they had done a Western before this, Chato Land, in 72. They did a lot of movies together, uh, more than uh, Bronson ever did with any single other director. What was your, now, and, in your uh, opinion? Winner was... went on. Oh, go um, ahead, go ahead. I'll ask after. Winner went on to. Came, uh, he, well, he 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 got out of the movie business by the '90s, like a lot of directors of his generation. And he became a restaurant reviewer, and he also created a policeman's fund for fallen policemen in the UK. Hmm. And so he, he kind of became this nefar nefarious figure to the left in England for a while. Um, and he, he, he was the kind of guy who liked making bombshell comments and such. He, he wasn't averse to hyperbole. But uh, I think he was 
I, I, one of the best directors of that whole era, as far as commercial directors go, and um, as far as how fast he was able to crank them out, I think he was really one of the best. He, he's very underrated, Michael Winner. Um, but I think his reputation is coming back finally. Yeah. What do you, th in your opinion, what's his best movie with Bronson? Not to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> this one, I think this one. At the summit. They're the what very was last ones. Um, what was the last one? The mechanic, the mechanic and Death Wish, I think, are both at the same level of being hmm. as good. And that they're the very top. But he has a lot of great movies. It's unbelievable how many yeah, great I, movies that. I was looking at his filmography page, and I, I haven't seen a lot of them. But, it, I mean, I could see that he had, a, he had a lot of movies that I recognized the title to that I hadn't seen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd, uh, yeah, I would like to watch yeah. The Mechanic from the standpoint that it's trickier to judge this movie just because it comes with so much baggage. I'd like to watch a winter movie where it's just it's just the movie and I can just mm. watch that movie and not have any other thoughts in my head. So it's uh, watching the mechanic sounds definitely worth it. Well, it's like you said before yeah. the podcast, the, um, the there's the movie versus the conversation around. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Which I, I mean, I, I understand yeah. why, you know, like actually I looked up um, the Roger Ebert review of it and he gave it three out of four stars, but he yeah. did call it a fascist movie. He was like, I yeah. like this movie, but it's fascist, um, yeah. which I, I kind of respect that because I, I feel like I feel yeah. like a lot of people can't do that. They can't be like, I found this message abhorrent, but I really liked the movie, you know, as a yeah. Uh, yeah, I respect that as well. It's uh, it's it's good to be able to take things. I don't agree with as them. they are. What was that? Oh, I don't. I don't agree with him either. Yeah, but I, it's, I uh, it's, yeah. it's good that it's good that he could have. Yeah, that I agree with. I don't. I don't, think, I don't think it's a fascist film either. I just think that somebody being able to like see a movie and not agree with what it's saying, but still be able to see the craft of the movie, is you know something yeah. that I. I admire. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think he's. I, I think that it's not really a fair charge against the film. I think. I think the movie is expressing. Frustrate. I mean, my understanding is that there was like a pretty bad crime <laughs> spike in the seventies in New York, and so it's it's. I can see where this would Everywhere. be. Yeah, I, I can see where this would be a. Um, I don't know, something a director would want to express. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's. I don't think it necessarily means anything more than a, a reaction to uh, what they're seeing in the news and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but uh the coping mechanism what was that it was a coping mechanism there yeah. movies just like it in italy all over the place that, yeah, yeah it's you know, same period it's also the, yeah i mean it's it's the movie is i wouldn't say fat it's more just an expression of frustration it's not that it's not that what 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 paul kearney's doing here is good Kersey's doing is good but it's showing that 
the system's broken. Like you say, just the, the police, the way they're responding, it's like, oh, when there's a vigilante out there, we can pull the whole force out. But if a woman gets brutally raped and her mother gets murdered, well, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll throw that on the pile. It's, uh, it's, there's, there's, there, the, it's that the law enforcement in the city is clearly broken at this time period. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not a effective response, it but it's a desperation response to the situation. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of critics threw around the term fascism yeah. at that time. Because I, I, I saw that. I've seen that in a lot of reviews from that period. So I think it was just one of these labels that sometimes <laughs> yeah, exactly. pulled out. Well, it still uh, is. I mean, yeah. it's it's a lazy, lazy term that people use just reflexively. But but I think I think that... Um, Perfect word. What was that? Yeah, it's a perfect word for it. It is intellectually lazy and dishonest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I think somebody could easily criticize the ideas of the movie without having to invoke that kind of a term. You know what I mean? Like you can you can talk uh, about what the movie's saying and if you want to say it's it. fascist, go back in time to Nazi Germany and go around like randomly shooting people and see how much the Nazi state appreciates yeah. it. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't totalitarian yeah. states don't particularly care yeah. for vigilantes. They, they're, they're incompatible problems. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you could, I think the, the correct yeah. term is vigilantism. That's the term that they should be. That's what they want. Yeah, to be, that's exactly. what they want to criticize. They criticize vigilantism all by yeah. itself. I mean, because obviously, I mean, you know, the the things that, that you know, if you go around shooting criminals on your own, you're inevitably going to kill people that don't deserve it. It's just the way way it is. It's not yeah. a. It's you know, because I mean, even even in this movie, it's like there's people that. I've had I've had people attempt to mug me lots of times living in mm. Chicago. And, you know, a lot of people, I'll just say they I've had people like come up to me with like a broken bottle and be like, yo, give me your money. And I'm I'm like, no. And they walk away. And it's like, would it, would it have been justified? I'm not not they should have been trying to rob me <laughs> the place, but they really were not actually trying to kill mm. me or attack me. They just they were trying to rob me, which is bad, but it, they, you know. Intent to kill isn't always there, so responding with murder is also inappropriate. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a complicated the, issue. The one that captures it for me is yep. the one in the subway when the two guys come up with the knives and they're actually uh-huh. really polite to it. Like it's clear that they don't really <laughs> yeah. want to hurt him. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just they're, they're yeah, just like, okay, give us the money. Like that's all they want. And so you kind of feel like, well, that doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the first robbery where the guy had a gun out and there was like an intensity to it. This feels like a lot more relaxed and a lot more like they're just there for the money. They're not, they're really not there to hurt you if they can avoid it. Um, yeah. But I, th- no, that I was think a lot like the broken bottle situation. For yeah. I, was, I was actually moving six blocks, carrying books, boxes of books back and forth between my, my, my apartment. I was just in a really bad, <sighs> angry mood. And these two guys were like, give me your money. Like, no, I'm, f- I'm fucking busy. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's not. It's vigilantism is not a good idea by any means. I mean, you could you could argue because the, the difference is, you it's easier to make an argument for guns as self defense as something you carry in case something bad happens. But if you're going around looking for it, <laughs> once you you know, I mean, it's essentially a form of entrapment. It's like I'm trying to create situations where people will rob me so that I can shoot well, them. You've, well, that's where you, you cross the line. 
the guy the guy on the subway car like not not the ones where they had the knives but the the two guys in the subway car that were walking yeah. down the subway car one the guy the first guy he shoots has an american flag on his back and i was kind of wondering if that was like you know if that what the significance of that was because you know what i mean it's huh. it's sort of it's sort of interesting to me actually notice that yeah the yeah. guy with the, the he's got like a leather jacket or denim jacket i can't remember which and there's a there's an american flag painted on the back or it's a giant patch i don't know one of the two um yeah but i you know, the one where he shoots him through the paper you remember the, that scene um yeah. yeah i will say this i do like yeah. the way they had Charles Bronson shooting people the 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 way that yes. he would just kind of turn around and have the gun pointed at them already and fire. I thought that was exciting uh, to watch. It was, yeah. As you say, cathartic. It was very cathartic. There's no question about that. But uh, yeah. I, I I think I I just feel like the negative connotations of this movie are worth discussing. I feel like no, I, I feel agree. like movies like I, this, movies like this. Yeah. Oh, and by, you know, instead of, I mean, going, this is fascist. Nobody should look at this. This movie should be bad. It's like, have the conversation, object to the movie, object to the <laughs> actions of Charles Bronson in the movie. That's fine. I, I really think that's worth doing. I mean, it's a lot more productive than just going, oh, no one should have the, yeah. let's pretend nobody thinks this way ever. It's, and I, that's, and I that's think a, honestly, the, the, re, the, yeah. the, the, the more the, like the realistic reaction is obviously I, I, I don't think many people would, advocate for what he's actually doing in the film like and there probably are a few people but i think it's kind of hard to follow him down that whole path even though it is very sympathetic and be like oh he should definitely be killing this guy now Uh, where i think the movie has more of a valid point is like this is the point the guy has sort of been pushed to by all the things that have happened to him and the sense of frustration and so that's where it's interesting it's like you know when when there is out of control crime that it makes people feel that powerless that what he's doing seems like a good option to him is what's compelling about it. Um, yeah. I, I know the rage of having my, my car window yeah. smashed. It's, it's <laughs> having, <laughs> really pissing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get the rage and anger. And I mean, that's, you know, we have laws so that people don't act on their rage yeah. and anger all the time. That's one yeah. of the reasons we have it, but I, I, I get it. I get it. It's the other the other thing that was kind of interesting about it was the way that they had the so the wife dies, mm-hmm. but we don't know that the wife dies right away. She's um, you know, he just gets a phone call that she's in the hospital. You know, she was it, she was beaten when he gets there. He says, oh, they were just beat up. So there's like this ray of hope. Yeah, that they're not dead. And then the guy comes out. And he's like, oh, he talks to the he talks to the son in law. And he's like, oh, your wife is, you know, fine. You know, she's you know, she's up. You know, she can see her in a moment. And he's like, oh, what about my wife? He's like, oh, she's dead. It's just like it was like this very it wasn't that bad about it, but it was like this is very sort of like, you know, oh, your 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 wife is fine. Then, oh, no, your wife is dead, sir. Like it was just this really radical shift of. But what that does is it um, number one, it, it gives it like more punch than if it was like just like this. What like he got it all at one phone call. Do you know what I mean? It's like a yeah. process that he has to go through to sort of understand it. But then on top of that you still have the daughter alive, but she's in a catatonic state. So she's this constant reminder of the stuff that happened in the movie. And it just, it yep. maintains the energy that the movie needs in order for his revenge to kind of still feel like it has fuel. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so- I feel like, I feel like they could have done more with the, 
relationship with uh with with you know his his daughters was it his her husband or or what I I'm kind of the son is a son in law yeah it's the daughter's it's a son in law yeah the book that I, that, ex, ex, that relationship has a lot more exploration exploration yeah. in the book. Yeah, it felt like they. It felt like there was there was just a little deeper they could have gone with that. Because I mean, it was interesting what was there, but I just felt like it just kind of trails I, off partway through the movie. I, I could be wrong, but if I remember the son in the book, I think he's like a defense attorney or something like that. So it kind of comes. It get, becomes very pertinent whatever his occupation was, and they have a and their conversations yeah. are distilled in the movie into like these very perfunctory scenes where you get an exchange yeah. about, you know, pioneers versus cutting and running. Um, but uh-huh. in the, in the, in the book, I think it, it gets a little bit more dense treatment and it's um, it's an, it is an important part of the story. If uh, I, if I have it right from reading the Wikipedia synopsis, I think, I think it said, didn't he try and get that? Wasn't, wasn't he asking the son-in-law for, to help him get a gun at some point? That was yeah, like when yeah, he tried yeah. to get it. So it's like he, that was, I, I feel like something like that with it was an actual, you know, attempt to, you know, have the son do something, the son-in-law do something would have, would have given it just that extra punch. But there's, you know, they, they have these little discussions, but they, you know, there's discussions that, are unresolved and they disagree a little bit and then they go on their way. They're just never, never, never like a moment. Like if, if the son-in-law refused to get him a gun that, uh, that, that could have really given a little more punch. Yeah. I, I think that, I think the movie, the son-in-law is just kind of a stand in for like a liberal basically, you know, like, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's why I feel like function. there needed to be more there. I feel like there should have been just, you know, as the as the no, stand-in I, liberal, I feel like there should have been a little more punch there. But yeah, and I agree. Know. I I think that the actor did a good enough job, but you definitely yeah. didn't get a good sense that they were like like even the dinner scene that like when he comes over and he's making liver. Number one, I thought uh-huh. that I, uh, the, the the that he uh, I don't know if you guys right. noticed this, but the guy that he killed, <laughs> he shot through the liver before he had made the spaghetti and served the liver. And, and <laughs> I, like, I didn't think about that. Oh my like, god, the, you're right. The, length, <laughs> yeah, the, that's bullet, the bullet chewed through the liver. And so then he's literally chewing through liver. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I thought that was kind of pretty. Um, <laughs> that flew by me. A little Hannibal Lecter touch there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, well, I think what's interesting about it is that he, that's also the scene where he becomes more vital. So it's sort of like the killing is enlivening him somehow. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. You know, he's it is. In music. He's, you know, like, and, and I and I get it. I mean, you know, like I remember being a kid in that generation definitely made liver more than my generation or my parents' generation. But but still, it's an, I don't know. Spaghetti and liver seem like a very it's like a very I, odd I, choice I, to me. Um, yeah, I I, I actually yeah. like liver, but liver and spaghetti is a very odd dish. I have yeah. never heard of in my life. Yeah, uh, I've, I've I've never had spaghetti and liver. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a dish <laughs> where people eat that, but I yeah. I. Uh, I, I just remember being struck by it. Yeah, um, the spaghetti's like, yeah, it's like, I, wait, it's like the anatomy. No, it's like the intestines and the liver because they're, they're right by each other almost. <laughs> Liver's good stuff. I'm missing out. You know what it is? It's an acquired taste, I think, and it's one that you kind of, it's sort of like, if you're not from a place that has cheese and you move to a place that has cheese, it's a very difficult 
flavor to get accustomed to. And I think liver is similar to that, where I have a lot of trouble <laughs> eating organs in general. It's just I got, I got a lot of Scottish ancestry. I'll eat every part of the animal. So well, I mean, fine. we would have liver sometimes when I was a kid. And I, it was just one of those things I just always dreaded having to eat was, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> And my, my dad has these stories of his like, mom tricking him, telling him they were going to have steak and then it would turn out to be a liver. Um, my, my, my father's a big liver fan and my mother would never cook it for him. That was, you know, that was the biggest contentious issue in their marriage, but uh, it still is. But, uh, <laughs> it looks delicious. I will say surprising. that it looks beautiful on a plate liver, but uh, <laughs> it's surprising because it's not true. I, I don't think it was the biggest issue in their uh, marriage, but. <laughs> no, but, but, uh, <laughs> so, and do we have any other things we want to mention about it or we uh have we beaten this this movie I think to, beaten death it to death yeah yeah, yeah it's uh filled yeah, up my uh my sock with coins and bashed in this podcast it's time to move on it's, all uh, right okay so we'll we'll head out and i think we're going to probably Maybe watch Mechanic next. I'm not really sure where we're going from here or if that we're going to venture Death Wish 3 or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure yeah, it either, out. No, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll figure it out. But uh, I'm good either way. So, all right. So, again, the movie was Death Wish. Um, you can rent it, I think, on Prime. Um, now, I do want to say something. I noticed that I bought it on Prime like a couple of years ago, I think. Uh-huh. And the version I, I I watched my my you know my movies I went in there and I got the one that that I bought and I watched it. I feel like it was different this time. Like the like not the movie was different, but like that the image quality was different. Uh-huh. And it's possible it's that I'm watching it on a different device. But I'm also wondering if when you buy a movie on Prime, if you're actually buying the version of the movie you bought or no. all that matter. No, okay, so no, it can I uh, I uh, remember I once bought the hobbit the cartoon version to show mm-hmm. my nephews and and i i bought it and i like watched it the day before I, they were coming over i was like oh cool i'll watch it for a bit i watched about the first 20 minutes and it was the version of the hobbit and the hobbit was made for tv so it's it's the old tv aspect yeah. fourth ratio and then when i i loaded it up the next day we we watched about 15 minutes of it and it was that four three aspect ratio, and then it crashed, and I started the movie again, and it was fake pan and scan letterbox so that it would fit the wide oh, screen. Wow. It was cutting off a huge percentage of the image, and it looked absolutely terrible. So I turned it off. Oh wow! But, uh, yeah, yeah, this when I when yeah. I the the version I got initially looked like a like a Blu-ray new restored version or something it just looked really good mm-hmm. this one still looked okay but it just had more of a faded look like they got a i don't know just an older restored version or something i, I don't know yeah what it was or if my memory was bad but i just want to put that out there because i'm about to mention that it's available on prime and so i don't know what the i don't know where you i don't if matt might know this but i don't know where the best place to get death wish is if you want the full experience of the movie oh well that's kino kino lorber they're, they're UHD. It also comes with a Blu-ray of it. It's it's a it's the first time it's ever been taken from the original negatives for home video. Okay. And um, the quality is excellent. There were 
a couple points where I thought eh, it looks like a little bit of like, well, like me, it's de- the film is decomposing. Mm. So <laughs> basically, you know, but uh, otherwise, actually, it was this was just a few seconds. Okay. But basically, it looks like it was shot yesterday. I mean, it looks modern. Okay. It looks beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, mine looked fine. So maybe my memory was just bad. Maybe I just remembered it being more bright or something. And I was like, sometimes I get in my own head when I'm watching these movies, and I'm like, ah, oh, is that, uh-huh. you know, like, so it's possible, but. Yeah. But I, I would say go with what Matt's saying and 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 get that the, the the UHD Blu-ray. I don't have a UHD TV, so I have to go with the Blu-rays when I get them until my wife is willing to, you know, uh, agree that we need a new TV. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, which probably won't be anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. I I I, I, and, and I just, oh go ahead, Matt. Yeah, uh, 4K televisions are pretty cheap right now. You can get one for 300 bucks, sometimes even less. Okay, I'm going to mention that to her. We'll see if that if that uh, <laughs> if that moves the dial at all. Oh, they're but, cheap. Uh, and and I should say, because I don't know if I mentioned this, I I think it's a great movie. I really love this movie. Um, the expensive uh, part is in the TV. The it's rebuying all your media in UHD. That's what's going to that's that's going to be your, that's going to be your I sticking point. The, I don't think I have the life force in me anymore to keep doing that. I think I'm at the point where I just have to accept that I'm not going to have all the media in variety of forms that I want to have in my possession. Um, yeah, and a lot exactly. of it is going to have to exist yeah. here. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's and of course, you used can't discs, have used discs are always a great way to go, too. If you can pick up something used, that's, uh, that's I, I've kind of gotten a lot of good stuff in uh second hand with those so and with that we'll head out this, all this stuff what was that yeah all this stuff is going to come down in price uh the tvs the players even the discs themselves well a lot of people aren't even buying well, tvs anymore well, okay. so it's yeah. yeah i'm waiting for the things that they had yeah. in um uh oh god what was that movie uh, cloud atlas the projection screens thing that they were using um, mm-hmm. so anyways we'll we'll head out and until next time we will talk to you later <laughs>